0: Hey, I'm Sean,
1: and I'm Jesse, and, and we're, we're the, the DMs, DMs of, of Vancouver.
0: Vancouver. We're two newish DMs who are still getting the hang of the whole DM thing.
1: So we sit down with a friend every couple of weeks and pick their brain on their approach to DMing.
0: So come along as we figure out how to help our players have the best time possible at the gaming table. Hey folks, uh, today we're going to be talking about magic items. Uh, Today we're talking to our friend Chad Charest. Chad, why
1: don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been DMing, and the type of games you like to run.
2: Oh, well, I have been DMing for probably about 12 years now, playing D&D for a few more than that. Uh, Most of the campaigns I run tend to be on the epic scale, with uh, things ending in the most grandiose manners possible. All
0: right. Cool. So when when it comes to, to magic items... How do you decide what's available to the players in your party?
2: I'll generally follow the guidelines in the DM guide with um, what's available at given levels and things like that. So, you know, basic magic items are usually available pretty regularly, third level and lower, things like that. Whereas your uncommon magic items, your plus one weapons, plus one shields, things like that, not until fifth. And then you get a level up again, kind of at ninth and fifteenth level for your for your rare and very uncommon items.
1: Cool. Um, and I mean, similarly, how do you determine what like specific items you hand out to your players?
2: Uh, there are plenty of ways to go above about that sometimes i will design them specifically for the players sometimes i'll take suggestions from the players i'll say hey what kind of items is your character looking for something more defensive or offensive in nature more utility or uh, a lot of the times i'll just go by the book i'll roll dice for the for each fight and uh, whatever they end up with they end up with You can also make your items or find them in shops, buy them, whatever's available.
0: Do you ever customize the items that you give out or let your players customize if they're built, if they're making something from scratch?
2: Yes, as much as possible. I like to customize items for players, things that they make as requests, or if they want to make an item, as long as it's within reason, I'm definitely up for it. There's lots of simple little changes you can make and simple requests that can be easily fulfilled and make everyone happy. So I will definitely do those.
0: And, and why is that? Why why do you prefer to, to customize rather than just pulling straight out of the DMG?
2: Well, your players get a connection to their character, and their character has wants and needs and things that they want, and I mean it, it's great if your party finds a plus one greatsword, but if nobody's using a two-handed weapon, it's just gonna sit there and collect dust, or you're gonna have your party fighter ditching his shield, even though he he's specialized into it, and he's your tank, and now all of a sudden he's using a great sword and he's not optimized for it and it's the party isn't going to enjoy that as much
1: otherwise you get them decide to sell the weapon and then they get only half the value for it and it's kind of like they're being cheated out of some treasure i guess
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, One of of the things I have used in the past that I I really like doing, especially when I'm just rolling items, is uh, introducing the idea of a trade house where you'll head into a town, you'll go to this trade house, and you'll throw up any magic items that you don't want. And basically, I re-roll them on the table, and then the trade host will tell you, oh, so-and-so wants one of that magic item, and they're willing to trade this for it. So then they're not losing out on that that opportunity, and they're still getting a chance to get some slightly more useful items for themselves. Chad, I like that idea a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually...
0: I've got a system in place in the game I'm running. My players haven't taken advantage of it, because... I've customized items so much that they don't want to let go of them. But yeah, they've got a mercenary, they're part of a mercenary guild and if they find stuff when they're out on a contract, they can just hand it in to the mercenary guild and be able to just go to the quartermaster and find something of like equal or lesser value basically.
2: Excellent. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that entirely, and that's going to get your players getting what they want and getting on their way.
1: I like this idea too because it allows you to, uh, allows the players to trade in weapons that they've grown out of for like smaller magic items or consumables or something like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can get rid of that plus one sword when you found the plus two, and maybe you land yourself a uh, you know a nice wand with uh, with some charges that can be useful for later.
0: Yeah. I feel like in that in that situation, I'd, prob- I'd probably go with like if they're going to trade in an item that they don't want or need anymore, I'd probably give them some some consumables like a one like a potion or something that is really awesome, but they've got one shot with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And potions are something that's very easy to customize. I mean, you can take any spell in the game and basically turn it into a potion. So that gives you a lot of uh, a lot to go with.
0: Have you? ever given out an item and then later realized that it was a bad idea and you've ended up regretting it
2: i have never done that myself as i tend to be on the conservative side with magic items when i'm handing out something that's very very powerful it's at a point in the campaign where they should be having something along that scope you know i'm not handing out artifacts until level 12 or 15 or somewhere along those lines and even at level 12 they can be a little they can be fairly powerful but it's causes less issues at that point in the game. But I've definitely been on the receiving end of getting some magic items that uh, were way beyond what we should have had.
1: Can you uh, give us an example?
2: Oh, uh, it was in a D&D one, but uh, we got an artificial intelligence in a game of uh, Warhammer 40k roleplay. Uh, that was that was a terrible idea.
0: <laughs> um, are, there, are there any items in the Dungeon Master's Guide or even stuff you've seen online maybe that were from the Unearthed Arcana that you're never going to touch, things that you're never going to give to your players?
2: I tend to avoid uh, artifact items in general that are listed in the books, partially because I like to make my own and then I can personalize them to people. And sometimes because of how iconic they are people know a lot about them. They really like them, but they they tend to abuse them or overuse them in ways. I particularly am not fond of the uh, Orb of Annihilation. I've, I've never handed out one of those. Don't particularly like the Deck of Many Things. Um, so I, I stay away from those and uh, keep with my own stuff. I, I, I've i made some great stuff and I've never had a, a uh, somebody be upset about the overwhelmingly powerful items I've given them.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially with something like the deck of many things that's something i've heard plenty of horror stories about that it's it's either something that accidentally ends a campaign or it's something that the players go well we're done with this campaign we want to move on to something else let's do the deck of many things and suddenly one of the players is a god one of them is trapped in the underworld like just sends games off the rails immediately, it Yeah, like.
2: it's just wildly unbalancing. I mean, you throw somebody at level 3, 10,000 experience, and all of a sudden they're outstripping the rest of the party, and meanwhile the other one gets stalked by death, and now they have to roll a new character. I mean, it's just too much going on there that I'd rather not deal with.
1: I had a really good experience with the deck of many things, actually. Uh, it showed up recently, and I think all
2: but the very last card that was drawn
1: were good. <laughs> Cards.
2: <laughs> well, and that's just it. You can get lucky and all of a sudden you're way ahead of the curve. But again, one of your players might have gotten a massive amount of gold, but the other one gets a ton of experience. And I mean, that doesn't really balance things out. So uh, unless you're trying, unless you're going to split it across, I mean, there's five of you, you flip over the 10,000 experience and okay, everybody gets uh, 2,000 and you can move on. That's okay. But it's generally says, okay, you get this.
1: There's a card in there called Judgment, and basically you can, or I can't remember if it was called Judgment in the list, but that's what the the deck we were using was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I drew it, and basically it lets you rewrite a moment in your character's history. Okay. You can use it at any point until you die. Yeah. So (laughs) my character had a tragic backstory, which he then used Judgment to
2: fix. (laughs) Well, and that's that's actually kind of interesting, but at the same point, I mean, the entire personality of your character should shift at that point. You have oh, no absolutely. tragic backstory anymore, which could be a wonderful role-playing experience, but at the same time, yeah.
1: I actually, uh, if it had been a different game i would have changed the specs for my class and everything like that because i was playing a wizard who had gone a specific way for a specific reason and now i would have been like oh i'm going to be a different kind of wizard now
2: yeah that would make a lot of sense too and as a dm that definitely be something i'd just say oh yeah go ahead just rewrite your class makes sense
0: it feels like with with the deck of many things and some of the other powerful magic items that it feels like they're the kind of things that you with the deck of May.